but we are essential workforce. We have to come here. Uh, we have to go to work. We got to prepare the system for the summer. More than ever, uh, people are home. They're going to need their electricity. Anyone that knows is that they're an essential worker and they're coming in. We're all in this together, regardless of your role or title. Everyone can feel that we're all in this together, just trying to get through it day by day. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Plugged In, the Con Edison podcast on everything about energy. I'm your host, Alfonso Quiros. Today, we're talking about the coronavirus health crisis and how Con Edison's special pandemic teams are facing the challenge of protecting the public and employees. All that while the energy company continues providing safe, reliable energy and preparing for a typically hot New York summer. We spoke remotely to two people at Con Edison, part of a larger team, who are fighting the good fight. We wanted to find out how the company has responded to the current health crisis. Maureen Kreider is a board-certified nurse practitioner. She works in Con Edison's Employee Wellness Center. And Lauren O'Connell, a section manager in emergency preparedness. Maureen and Lauren, uh, thank you for taking some time to be with us. Um, why don't we start off at the beginning? Uh, the pandemic team is making sure that the ship is really tight. And now that more than uh, three months of dealing with this health crisis, we're in the beginning of stage one of the reentry plan. What exactly is stage one for Con Edison? Um, so stage one is slowly reentering um, our workforce back into in, into the work environment. Although we weren't part of the um, the New York State pause plan because we provide an essential service we chose as a company to um to honor that you know to keep a less footprint um, in the workforce so we stopped all but emergency work so as of this week we are reintroducing um, workers back into the into the field as well as into some of the office environments some of what maureen just said is we've just brought in about 500 people um, whose work we had essentially stopped didn't stop because we were told to, but we stopped because we felt it was the right thing to do. We stopped meter reading. Um, we're bringing some of the meter reader folks back. We're gonna be reading outside meters only, not going into residents, not going into buildings. We're gonna start our AMI work back up again. Um, again, doing things externally where we can. So it's, it's bringing back employees whose jobs we stopped and now they're able to go back to work. Now, for somebody that's never heard of a pandemic team or really understand what it is, uh, can you describe to us what the pandemic team is? It, it's, I, I believe it's actually several different teams. Is that correct, Maureen? Uh, yeah. So initially, there is a corporate pandemic team um, that um, meets on an ad hoc basis as needed. For this, um, we started probably as early as January, um, looking at the coronavirus and where it was and, and thinking about what would, we would need to do if it came here. In February, we started meeting on uh, more of an ad hoc basis. And then Friday, March 6th, we uh, established a core um, pandemic team. It's comprised of representation from emergency preparedness, um, from employee wellness center, uh, human resources, law, corporate affairs, information technology, environmental health of um, operational and uh, organizations across the board. The first few weeks, it was one big team. Um, we established a hotline for supervisors and email distribution, uh, started setting up, uh, establishing protocols and processes. Once we realized it was going to be, we might be in this for the long haul, we split into two different teams um, and we worked from two different sites so that we wouldn't even be in the presence of each other in case someone were to um, 
to become infected. And then eventually those two teams, we, when we realized this was going to be a much longer haul than we ever, we had Lauren with uh, five teams in total. Um, we had two lead teams, a blue and a red, um, working from different areas. Um, we were probably one of the last groups uh, to start working from home uh, simply because we had so much going on and we had uh, processes that we had to figure out that we could do remotely, such as answering the hotline. Um, we then split into five teams. We had a yellow, green, and purple, um, all which you know supported us with answering the hotline, answering emails, and just supported us in any way that they could. What are the team's roles? What are the different roles for each of these different colored teams? So I can start, so the red and the blue team, I'm on the red team, Lauren's on the blue team. We are the two lead teams and we alternate on a weekly basis for being the incident command lead for that week. And then the other teams are backup teams that will do, um, make the phone calls. We have employees that will uh, do the contact tracing. When we find out that somebody has COVID-19 or may have been exposed to someone with COVID-19, we conduct our own contact tracing. We started that early on, on and we really followed CDC guidance. That's really been the mantra. We have teams that also, we have a, one team that's dedicated just to calling employees who are out. Um, whether they're out sick with COVID-19 or they're being quarantined because they live with someone or had contact. We have teams calling them um, on a regular basis to see, check in with them, see how they're doing, if there's anything that they need. Um, Lauren, you can fill in on some of the other functions. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Maureen. So I, I guess the teams are set up. We're currently in an I, in ICS right now, Incident Command System. We have each team has an IC, a planning chief, an EH&S rep, a safety rep, um, someone from employee wellness on it, law, um, supply chain. Obviously, ordering supplies was was critical. When we set up uh, the five teams, it, we all team, but it was also if one of us on you know on the blue or the red team did come down with COVID-19, the whole team itself would have to quarantine for 14 days. So the, the backup teams or the support teams were also set up um, with the thought that if, if one of the lead teams had to stand down, one of the other teams could step in for them. Yes, and we went remote, I guess, Lauren, probably three weeks into it or so. We all then, probably a little bit longer for the red and blue team, um, we stayed on site and then we eventually, now we're all working remotely. I was a little nervous at first because I like that face-to-face -face contact of being able to have conversations as things came up. Um, I have to admit, I was nervous, but it's, it's been working very well. We meet regularly every morning. The two teams meet um, and the team's meeting every day uh, where we bring up and discuss any issues. There's also Lauren and I are also part of the reentry team. Um, so that's a separate um, team that meets and we'll meet weekly with the operational leads to discuss their concerns and how we need to move forward with bringing the workforce back. Um, so it's uh, the team's meetings have been been proven to be very, very beneficial. As like Maureen, I myself was very nervous about um, working remotely. I didn't we were functioning so well as a team. Um, the two teams, you know, even though we were in separate rooms that are being placed and socially distanced, we were functioning so well. And I was very nervous that we were going to lose, you know, some some of that savvy that, that we had. Um, but, you know, it was our executive steering committee and our senior leadership that really pushed us to be able to work remotely, um, to find the answers and I, with the help of IT as well. 
Um, and just like Maureen said, it's, it's been working out great. It, it's technology has brought us to a place I, I don't think ago. It's been, it's been very successful. And I guess one thing we didn't um, touch on is, you know, what the, the responsibilities are when we are the lead team. So we, um, we have, we, we had daily communication, um, you know, that we had an ICS call. Um, we've now gone down to, we went from daily to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now we're down to just Wednesday um, because our numbers, thankfully, we've done a very good job of um, suppressing anyone, you know, COVID-19 uh, cases and quarantine. We really push and push and push um, the CDC, local and New York state guidance. My mantra is, you know, the social distancing, the mask, hand hygiene. Um, you know, there's, there's not enough that can be said about how how well that works. And I think as a company, it's been a few weeks at knock on wood that we've had a positive case. Um, we were a little nervous with re-entry, um, but so far so good. We're really doing a good job of um, monitoring and the, and the operational leads are helping us a lot. Our mantra from the beginning has been communicate, communicate, communicate. We, in the beginning, realized that we put up an FAQ site on Connor. Um, in the beginning, there were a few questions, then, then it was a long list of questions, then we broke it into buckets where people could easily find um, answers to what they were looking for, both the employee and, and the supervisors. Um, we set up a hotline for the manager, band threes and above, to be able to call and answer questions. We sent out, um, we always sent out the ICS meeting minutes. We um, encourage um, band threes and band fours to pass those down to their operational supervisors. Um, supervisors have been, you know, using some of the talking points in their job briefings. Um, we send out daily communications when an employee tests positive. Um, we send out what, if there's been, you know, processes that have changed. We, we send those out via email. We've put things up on the Cisco screens. Um, so just a number of ways to get information out to employees. Um, we've even, you know, it allowed us even to use some of our new practice when we brought in mutual aid crews to onboard them um, socially distance. So, our, as I said, our mantra has been to communicate, 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 and it, it's been successful. Employees have reached out to us and thanked us, and we, we set up an email box where employees can easily ask questions. Um, and everything that we've heard so far is in, employees have been very thankful of, of how much we've been sharing with them and how responsive we've been. Okay. Yes, I agree with Lauren. Um, so what we, the bucket she was talking about, um, you know, we have how to code your time, for example, um, specific information on face coverings, respirators, and another one for, for field employees, you know, because they have specific um, concerns that, that people that work in offices don't. And the feedback has been very positive. People thanking us, um, we keep it updated on a regular basis and it's you can see when we update something and the feedback has been um, very positive and, and people are very grateful for having access to the information it's very it's non-transparent it's total transparency now maureen you're especially qualified to do something just like this can you tell us a little bit about your background sure um i've been working at con ed in the employee wellness center for it'll just about be six years um, in august um, prior to coming to con ed I was uh, 35 years working as a registered nurse in various clinical and educational um, positions. Most recently, prior to Con Ed, I worked for over 10 years as a board-certified infection control and prevention practitioner at a hospital here in New York City. Um, 
part of that was I participated in numerous Department of Homeland Security week-long exercises um, with hospital workers from across the U.S. Um, down in Anniston, Alabama, in a decommissioned Army hospital. Um, and interestingly, the most recent program was a pandemic flu exercise. I never thought my experience in infection control and prevention would prove to be so beneficial, but it's really proved um, since I joined the company uh, to be very uh, beneficial. I've been able to utilize my experience. Uh, we had Ebola, Legionnaires, Zika, the measles outbreak, um, to name just a few. So it's been a, for me, it's been a great experience to use my background and to bring it into, um, into, into Con Ed and work with the pandemic team. I've been at Con Ed about 15 years. Um, I currently work in emergency preparedness. Um, my group actually um, owns the pandemic plan and writes the pandemic plan uh, for the company. Um, I've responded to other emergencies uh, before for the company. I'm ICS trained, um, but I'll tell you that this pandemic team that I've been on is certainly, uh, we've, we, we joke sometimes and we say this is a marathon, not a sprint, and it's true. We're, we're very good at Con Ed at, you know, fixing emergencies, getting in and getting out, but this, 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 this is a long-term um, team, and I, I have to just say I'm, I'm the right people are on the teams and um, we've all done but I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it now we've never gone through something like this um, ever and uh, God forbid that something like this happens again uh, in the fall or later in the year what are some of the big lessons learned um, that you all uh, have taken away from this exercise and all of uh, the past couple of weeks so I'll say, you know, based off of what we've all done and the work that we're doing now, um, we are in the process of completely rewriting our pandemic plan, our pandemic response plan for the company. Um, I don't, we, we've just developed so many new things. We've learned so many things. Um, we have trigger points, you know, questions. I mean, we've dealt with a few other pandemics before, but nothing this widespread, nothing this globally widespread. Um, you know, hand hygiene, social distance, spacing, we, we've learned so much. And um, I think too, as a company, we've, we've learned so much um, that our employees actually can be productive working remotely. I think as a company, we were hesitant about that before. I don't think we'll ever go back to working the way we worked before. So that's something very large that we've learned. Yeah, and I think some of the biggest concerns is, you know, this is, it's a new, it's a new virus. It's novel. Um, there's not enough known about it. We're learning a little bit more every day, as is everyone across, you know, across the world. Um, how does it spread? How contagious is it? And just to really try and stay on top of everything and all the new research that's coming out and to be able to work as a group and, and incorporate, incorporate that and keep our employees safe, the public safe. Um, as we re-enter the workforce, I think one of the biggest concerns for everyone is there's uh, different levels of comfort, different levels of anxiety. Some people may have personally had deaths in their family or you know, people that have been very sick from COVID-19. And also the social unrest that's going on in the city now too adds a whole nother layer of um, anxiety for employees as they come back to the workforce. We do wanna make sure that we have to be we have to honor each other we have to be um patient and we have to listen and they're um you know everyone's going to experience it in a different way and to be able to the company has a lot of services 
that we should um, we need to make sure we encourage people to use and, and make sure they're aware of them. Um, we have at both O&R and at Con Ed um, counseling services available 24-7 on, on over the phone. We have chemical substance abuse programs. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there and we just as a company and as fellow employees need to be respectful and honor each other uh, and lauren early on we decided to stop turning off power to delinquent customers uh, and suspended late payment fees what was sort of the discussions that led up to those decisions well it was all about you know it, it was it was two parts right um the first was not doing any work that wasn't essential so certainly doing power turnoffs is not essential work for us, right? But, but also it was the right thing to do. And the company has made a lot of decisions that's been the right thing to do. I mean, think about schools being home, um, you know, kid, or schools being off rather, schools being, you know, closed, kids home, doing homework, you know, people out of their jobs, um, not having money to maybe be able to pay their bills. It, it was just, it was the right thing to do. And that, that's a lot of the discussions that, that led up to that. Lauren, can you talk a little bit about other utilities and how they've reacted to the pandemic? Uh, what, and what have we've learned from all this benchmarking? Sure. Um, in a non-pandemic state, I actually sit on a team we, where we have uh, bi-monthly meetings. It's with other, you know, EP folks um, from, you know, utilities, electric power utilities throughout the United States. We've been having weekly calls now um, to discuss what's been going on with COVID-19. And while a lot of utilities um, are following some of the practices that Con Edison has put in place, um, they have not been hit as hard as, as our New York City area has. And I will tell you, um, in the beginning, certainly the first month or so, um, those weekly calls were, were mostly those companies asking us questions. What are we doing with, how are we handling, what are our numbers, you know, what processes are you putting in place? Because we very, very quickly had to put our processes in place. Yeah, we were talking about it, we, we knew it was coming, we were meeting on it, but it, I don't think any of us ever expected it was going to hit us as hard and as fast as it did. So we were really the leads, being able to provide information on our practices to the other utilities throughout the country. Maureen, can you already distinguish some of the long-term changes? Uh, what, what's work going to be like at Canada's facilities uh, in 2021 and beyond? Well, I think as Lauren said earlier, we will never return to the work, the work environment that we had before. I think, you know, I've been going into four urban plays probably on a weekly basis. Um, and just this week, I'm noticing the difference uh, as as the workforce is coming back. There is um, social distancing signs everywhere you go. There is one way to walk in, one way to walk out. I mean, facilities has done a great job of hosting signage in elevators. Um, there's plexiglass divide up in between workspaces. There's signs on the conference room doors now, you know, for how many people are allowed to meet. Cafeterias won't be, you know, open for uh, a while. I think a lot of work will be remote. Um, though we really realize that a lot we can be very productive remotely. Uh, so I think it's going to be a very, very different work environment than uh, than we than we're used to. We were a company that really, you know, remote work wasn't 
while we had policies in place, it, it, it wasn't what it is now. Um, and I, I agree with Maureen. I don't think we're just never going to go back to the where we were. And especially with this virus being so new. I mean, I've heard it compared to the Spanish flu. I, I don't even think that we know that. Um, but we're preparing for the second round, right? And we'll be ready. Um, hopefully the second round never comes or it doesn't come as bad as they, they think it might. Um, but, but I think we have processes in place now where we'll be able to, to manage it and deal with it as a company. I was going to say, you know, the field workers, their lives have changed tremendously too. You know, they are, if you see them out in the, in the field now, they are maintaining social distance when they have their, their morning briefings. They're not, you know, in a tight circle. They've changed how they, um, they approach their jobs, which is, you know, when you think about field work, they're usually, that's a whole different environment now that you have to maintain, try and maintain social distance, wear, wear a mask. Um, how has the uh, rank and file uh, Con Edison worker uh, partnered with you on all of this? So, you know, New York City was at the forefront um, of this pandemic and we really got hit so hard, so fast. And we were, we didn't have anyone to, to learn from. We had, to, we had to go out and, and learn ourselves. And I think the most important thing is our field crews um, and other frontline workers were really out there. They were powering the hospitals and labs and you know, giving the energy that was needed to keep hospitals up and running and um, helping kids do their homework at home, people working from home. We owe a big thank you, I think, to our field crews and all the frontline workers that are out there. Yeah, I too want to thank, you know, our field crews. Um, they they they're, were essential workers. Our work never stopped. Um, the work we stopped, we chose to stop. Um, but, you know, they, they, they were out there. They, they, they were out there, you know, the whole time, powering hospitals and labs and making sure that people, you know, working from home and kids learning from home, right, all, all, had, all had the energy they need to, to be able to, to go on living their lives. Um, I'd like to also thank not only our field crews, but our control center uh, crews, you know, they, they've, they've started working a little bit differently, too. We're using alternate control centers. They staggered their shift. Our ECC, uh, we actually had to sequester employees, so they were away from their family for weeks at a time. So a, a big thank you to all, all of those people and all of our employees um, that, that really just made the energy delivery keep happening. Well, we certainly all have to learn to live in this new world uh, that we're going into. Lauren and Maureen, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you very much for all that you do to help uh, keep our employees safe. Yeah, thank you for having us, and you know, everyone stay safe. Yes, thank you. Stay safe. Be well. And that's our show. If you have a thought or a question, please email us at podcast.coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Con Edison. I'm Alfonso Quiros, and until next time, be safe.